Welcome to the first ever episode of Rising Titans, where we meet with and learn from up and coming rising stars, uh, irrespective of industry, but uh, people who are putting out positive messages into the world and, uh, and who are doing big things and uh, who we will be seeing big things from in the future. Uh, my name is Andy Weiss. Uh, very, very pleased to, to be your host on this podcast. And with me, my first ever guest, uh, a good friend and someone I admire a lot, Mr. Benji Sklar. How are you, Benji? What's up, Andy? I'm so honored to be your first guest. Dude, I'm, I'm honored to have you here. You are a big inspiration for this podcast. Uh, and, and just to kind of further the intro here, uh, Benji, uh, despite being a full-time law student, uh, and we'll go into this in, the, in a little bit, uh, he has started up a, a, an interesting company called Forage. And uh, I'd say beyond uh, starting up a, a company, he's really trying to start up an industry, uh, which, which is pretty cool. Uh, so, you know, Benji, I guess uh, I'll let you kick it off however you want, but uh, maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, uh, what you're about. For sure. I'm 27 years old, currently living in New York, born and raised in Houston. I'm Jewish and Mexican. I went to college at Amherst, played football there, and then moved to Israel, served in the Army for a few years, and then moved to New York, worked for fundraising for a nonprofit, and started, went to law school, and then started Forge. First time I've answered that question, tell us about yourself in a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I mean, you know, you're, you yourself recently started a podcast, and, uh, and for those of you listening, ben- Benji has actually been... Uh, a big inspiration for me to finally get this off the ground and, uh, and has provided me with uh, the support and, and uh, how to make it happen. So, so thank you, Benji. Of course. Um, you know, you have a pretty, pretty stacked resume for, for someone who's 27. Um, I guess, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, what was the decision like to, to, you know, you, you went to Amherst, uh, you, know, you had a lot of career opportunities ahead of you, I'm sure. Right. I, I believe you, you told me uh, you had an offer to work at some pretty prestigious banks. Um, Amherst is obviously a very well-renowned liberal arts school. What was the decision like uh, on your part to to go to Israel and serve in the army instead? Yeah, so it took me a long time to figure out the real answer to this question. For a few years, it was an answer wrapped up in Zionism and serving Israel and doing something bigger than myself. And that was the pitch for a long time that led to me working as a fundraiser for lone soldiers. However, the real answer was I was under such peer pressure to get a job at a prestigious bank and something that looked good on my resume that was high paying because I was competing with all my classmates at Amherst and at other top schools that I, uh, and when I worked at Goldman Sachs the summer before I graduated, I knew it wasn't my DNA to fit that mold. And it, and it, me going to Israel was a, an explosion of, of self, self, uh, a quest for self identity and who I really am, what do I really want to do? And so it was more of a consequence of not wanting to fit the mold of what I was bred to be. Huh. That's, that's really interesting. Uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people, uh, they struggle with it, myself included for a while. It's like, you know, you, you kind of check, you go through life, you check the boxes. People come from, from a background like yours, you know, you came from a good family, uh, went to good schools and kind of like you know you just keep climbing the ladder and, and that's mm-hmm. uh that's in some ways the american dream but uh it sounds like you've you've discovered a lot 
by, by kind of taking a little detour there. Um, yeah. so, so what, I guess, what drove you to, to fundraise? Um, and, and I guess even delay, I get some people would say delay, you know, going out and, and almost starting what you would, you would envision your career to be. Um, you know, you, you already gave a couple years of your life to, as a, a sacrifice, so to say, uh, something you didn't have mm-hmm. to do, but you gave it for, for a country and, and a people you care about. But what, what was the, what was the impetus to, to continue to do that? Mm-hmm. Well, back to my original answer. The real answer is I didn't get a job at Goldman Sachs because I was a bad intern. And the only option that I thought was something that was more prestigious and a, a better alternative to Goldman Sachs was the Israel Defense Forces. It wasn't JP Morgan or Deutsche Bank or Bloomberg or some cool startup. It had to be something that was better than Goldman Sachs. And I was brainwashed to believe Goldman Sachs was the gold standard. And so the only higher standard of that to me was the IDF. So that's the real reason why I decided to take the plunge and move to Israel. And okay, so, it all comes out now. It all comes yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then why I decided to become a fundraiser was because my adopted grandpa, someone who was in his late 70s, who invited me to Shabbat dinners and Jewish holidays while I was living in Israel, he was a fundraiser post his successful career in the defense industry, raising money for the JNF. And he, and he would tell me about it. And I was like, Oh, it's really just sales networking with uh, wealthy individuals who wanted to support a particular cause. I think I'd be good at that. I'm good at schmoozing and shaking hands and, and that whole thing. And so when I moved to, so the real, so I get out of the army I had a, I was getting recruited to work at JP Morgan, didn't get the job after 20 plus interviews. Can you imagine that? I'm like in, I'm like serving in Hebron on an army base, doing a video chat, asking about a DCF model with some guy in New York. And only because I thought I wanted to move back to New York. Cause that was, I got caught up back in the rat race of going back to, to wall street. And then I get, and then uh, there's this nonprofit called Green Sabar, which helps people from around the world move to Israel and become lone soldiers. And I would join that program, and they helped me when I moved to Israel. And they're super bootstrapped. Talk about like a underfunded but important nonprofit. And the guy told me, "Hey, I'll let you move to. I'll pay you fifteen hundred bucks a month for three months if you move to New York." And we'll help you and you can look for a job while you're in New York, but you can uh, help make us introductions. And I raised him over $250,000 in those first few weeks from two, from two individuals. Amazing. $200,000 check and a $50,000 check right there. Boom, boom. And the organization said, wow, uh, you're hired. We'll pay you, uh, we'll pay you a salary. You're going to W2 employee. And I spent almost two years actually fundraising meaning networking and building relationships in the new york jewish scene wow you know it's 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 pretty powerful story because i think uh you know a lot of people can't deal with rejection and and i I say that myself included i have i have trouble at times and i'm in a sales role and and i I face it all the time but i constantly remind myself uh that that you know one no is not the end all be all and you know, really, you, you took some some very, I'd say, heavy rejection there. It seems like, mm-hmm. and 
and you turned it into a positive. You didn't put it, you didn't let it put you down and, and you figured out a way to get around it. So it's good. good yeah. that's, that's really, that's inspiring. I appreciate that. I've been rejected more times than I've been accepted from kindergarten, not getting into the prestigious school in Houston, Texas, to not getting into which is the prestigious unit in the IDF, to not getting these jobs at these banks, to not getting XYZ. Everyone deals with these things. And I realized that I should just stop being afraid of telling the truth. When I was uh, telling people for a decade that I got first place in the national championship Taekwondo competition. And I really got second place, but I just told everyone I got first for 10 years because I was embarrassed. And then I realized, why am I lying? Let's just tell them I got second place. No one cares anyway. And when I had that switch, I realized no, like people want the authenticity. People are dealing with themselves. They want to hear your failures because they can relate with you more than you just being a, a winner nonstop. It, it, it's it's uh it's definitely something that I've I've come to realize and and I, and I see a lot and you know the reality is it's like you just can't win all the time uh, and and I think you're right people people relate to to failure because we we all go through it day to day so yeah. I, I definitely respect that um, and I guess when you were when you were when you were fundraising you know what what was your what was your thought process like of like okay do I want to at that point were you like all right i'm dead set on not pursuing this path that i've been told i need to be pursuing uh or or were you still kind of on it you know how, how did you kind of come to uh the place where you're like i'm gonna go to law school for three years yeah so when i day one of not a fundraising i knew that i wasn't going to be a fundraiser as a profession it was more of a pit stop but then i i loved it because i could do whatever i wanted every day i didn't have to sit at a desk and I could go to uh, a morning lunch, a breakfast, a uh, noon luncheon, and an evening networking event every single day. And I was single, living in the meatpacking district, and I had a bicycle. So I was literally just <laughs> flying around New York, flying around New York City, and collecting I know that twenty life. business I know cards that a day. Yeah, yeah, and I loved it. And and uh, but after a few months, I knew that. I had to uh, figure something out because it wasn't the trajectory that I wanted over the long term, meaning 30, 40 years. And, and so, and I had a tremendous, I, my parents are lawyers. My sister went to law school. I have a whole family of lawyers. I was always peer pressured to be a lawyer. Like the classic Jewish story of you should be a doctor lawyer. I was a huge peer pressure to be a lawyer. And so, uh -huh. so um, I just was like, all right, I'll take the LSAT. For the second time, because the first time I didn't do well when I was in college. Okay. And I told, oh, and the only reason I took the LSAT the first time in college was to get my dad off my back because I was joining the Israeli army and they couldn't swallow that pill. And so this is so funny for me to be talking about this. This is the first time I ever expressed like all these things in my wow. life. I'm sure if my father was listening to this, he'd be like, what are you talking about? Why are you sharing all this information? But I could care less. And so... But uh, so I was taking the LSAT while I was working for the nonprofit fundraising and I was introducing people uh, organically. I would meet someone who was a real estate developer and I would meet someone who was a real estate lender or investor and I would put them in touch over email. And I was starting to do this two, three times a day, just constantly connecting people. And it and once someone was like, hey, Benji, I'll pay you 
a retainer to do this full time for me. It just introduced me to one, two, three people per week, strategic people that you want me to, you think I would like to speak with quality over quantity. And it, and I was like, Oh my God, this, this is its business within itself. Like I can leverage my, my day job of fundraising for a Jewish nonprofit, but actually turn into a consulting agency where I'm essentially like a freelance sales rep. I'm a, a freelance business development consultant or however mm -hmm. you want to call it, where I'm like connecting people, raising money for real estate deals. And, and that's what turned into forage because when I started law school, I didn't have time to go to networking events and I was, and I had a portfolio of clients. Let's call it five, six, seven clients. And my, they're like, Benji, where are my intros? Like where, like, I want quality intros, not just the guy or girl from down the street. And so I figured I wanted to hire people to go to these events on my behalf to generate leads. And that, and when I learned that there was no platform designed for that specific use case, meaning Craigslist, Upwork, Fiverr, et cetera, that's where I decide, decided to build this technology platform. Wow. That is extremely powerful. And, and just to, just to reiterate and, and be clear here, you are, you're, you, you, been, you built this and have been building it continuously mm -hmm. all while you're in law school full time, right? Correct. Yeah. Not, and, and, and not to mention you're, you're now engaged. Mazel tov. Thank you. Um, so I imagine life is pretty busy for you. Uh, eh, not really. No, I mean, obviously like my, I have a huge to-do list. I add things, every idea that comes to mind, you add it to the to-do list. And I have a team of 10, all independent contractors, employee. And, but you really could, I could sit on the couch all day long and watch movies if I wanted to. And tomorrow I'd wake up and nothing would really happen differently. But I, I, I'm learning, I'm reading this book right now called The Slight Edge, where it's, it's teaching me about the compounding interest of the, the small decisions you make in your day-to-day -day life. Like if wow. I do 10 push-ups right now, uh, how that could compound over time if I do that every day versus if I ate a chocolate cake or if I, if I drank a beer. Like over time, these small decisions that you don't think matter because you don't see the consequences, they actually do uh, when they're compounded. Yeah, no, listen, I, and, and I think you, you made a good point there. It's like there, there's, there's a, a positive way to look at it. Like, you know, you do 10 push-ups a day and compound it over years of doing it. Mm -hmm. You're, you're going to be in decent shape, but uh, you, know, mm -hmm. you, you, eat that, you eat that small little cookie every night and that adds up. You know? yeah. no, no six pack for you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and the book is saying it's just as easy to do the difficult thing that's good for you as it is to do the easy thing that's bad for you. It's, it's a 50, 50 call. It's just as easy to do either one. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. So, something about it. I mean, something about that. It's a little dubious mm -hmm. for me. I feel yeah. like, I feel like eating that, that chocolate chip cookie sounds a little easier than the, the 20 push ups mm -hmm. for most people. Yeah. But uh, me personally, I, I agree though. I, I, I personally would rather. Yeah. That. Oh, I want to yeah. also mention that I'm listening to this book right now on audible called the power of now by Eckhart ah. Tolle. Have you heard of it? I've heard of it. I haven't read it yet. Wow. It is changing my perception of myself and my, the, the thoughts in my head. Wow. It's, yeah. It's like, we're all thinking and talking to ourselves nonstop every day. And we see people who are on the street 
in Union Square who are talking out loud, we classify them as crazy. But we were all doing that just quietly to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and the and all like the pain and anxiety and suffering and peer pressure, depression, all these things that are psychological, if you they're all really just stressing about the past or the future. But if you focus on the now, the power of now, you will, you will be free from all of these, uh, these, uh, these pressures, these thoughts hmm. that are flying through your head that are causing you stress. Because you're, you're anxious about the future. You're, you're freaking out about what happened to you in the past. But it doesn't matter because all you can do is now. Wow, that's really powerful. I actually I have, yeah. a, I have a rabbi... Uh, who I went on a trip to Israel with years ago, an Ace Rabbi, Rabbi Shalom Dembo in, in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, phenomenal, phenomenal guy and, uh, and really a, an extremely intelligent man, uh, very, very bright. And, and he said something similar. It's like, you can't live in the past and you can't live in the future. It's about, like, you, you, if you live in the future, you're, you can't create the future you want, right? Like you can't mm-hmm. always be thinking about the future. You can't dwell on the past because you're not going to take action now. Like, you have to live in the present in order mm-hmm. to truly enjoy life. Uh, so that's, that's really powerful. Yeah, it really is. I'm halfway through it and I, I recommend it. Okay. Well, that's good. And, and we'll, we'll get, I guess towards the end of this, we'll, we'll get into uh, maybe a couple other book recs. Um, but, you know, I, just to, to touch a little bit more on, on your, on your business. Um, Cause I, I find it fascinating that you're, you're not disrupting a market. I think you're, you're really creating a new, you're trying to create a new marketplace. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I think a lot of people would say, well, it's never been done and this and that. And I'm sure you have plenty of people tell, you no uh, mm-hmm. on a daily basis, like this is, this is, this could be crap. This, this won't go anywhere. Um, but I'm curious about your, your mindset in relation to that and, and mm-hmm. kind of how you're going about, uh, pitching it and, and really just like your day to day, like how, how you're building it. Cause I'm, I'm sure yeah. plenty of people have ideas out there that people mm-hmm. tell them, no, 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 that, mm-hmm. that, that would never work. But uh, yeah. so, I think they'd, they'd benefit from hearing from you on this. Yes. Yeah, so when I came up with this idea of creating an online marketplace where companies hire freelancers to attend networking events, conferences, trade shows on behalf of the companies to generate sales leads. Mm-hmm. And that was the concept at the time. And I, someone told me to read this book called uh, The Lean Startup Method which is before you actually invest time and the time and money into building the product to figure out if it's something people want. And so I I did that, sent people to the Javits center on behalf of a company off of companies and they said they liked it. So that's what inspired me to pursue it. Hmm. And so to get back to your question, I, um, after that happened, I just consumed every single podcast and YouTube video that Y Combinator puts out, which was all these founders of Airbnb, Uber, Lyft, all the great platforms out there. And they all told me that uh, if people tell you your idea is stupid, that is a good thing because it is uh, counterculture. It's, it's different. It's, it, it doesn't mm-hmm. already exist. No one's going to tell you creating a, a new a dry cleaning business is stupid because they're already done, but that's not scalable. The purpose of the startup is to scale quickly. And so after these Y Combinator videos, I, was, I learned a lot. So if anyone listening is interested in has a startup tech idea, highly recommend consuming all those, all those videos. And then I, 
I, I, I don't want to just run down the, the story of Forge uh, because that could take time. And I, I don't know if that was the real question you asked. What, um, well, I'll just what? continue. I'll just continue. I'll just share. So then I went to clerky.com and created a corporation. I recommend clerky.com. And I, and I paid $800 to establish a corporation and have all the legal documents for the years ahead of all the consulting agreements and stock options and board met, board seats, every, all the legal paperwork. And then I teamed up with a web development agency in New York uh, and Two of, and made two of them, of the people who ran the agency, my co-founders, one of them is gone. That's a whole story in itself. And, and we hired a bunch of people in the Philippines and in India and built this platform. And with the coronavirus, it's changed the game because now events aren't happening. So now we're, we're pivoting to focus on online events and and I'll just cut off from there because I kind of got lost track from what your real question was. Fair enough. No, I, th I think that's, that, that's, that's useful because uh, I think a lot of times and myself included here, obviously always um, we don't, we don't start things because we're not sure how to execute, right? Like we're afraid that we're going to fail. And, and I guess that's the, the real route and, and kind of what, to your point, it's like people are telling you it's not going to work. And so you start believing them, which is, mm -hmm. the, which is a problem. And, people don't chase their dreams. Um, I, I kind of experienced that a lot with my career change uh, a few years back. And so I, I relate to it. And, and I kind of look at myself as a startup in, in my business and mortgage brokerage. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I, I think hearing other people talk about their process and, and how they started is, is extremely valuable. Um, you know, I guess I'm, I'm curious, in, in terms of, you know, the way you look at it, it's like, do you, do you think about, do you, do you even think about failure? Um, you know, do you say to yourself, well, if this goes wrong, at least I've learned to do X, Y, Z, or do you, do you just kind of go and you're like, this is going to be a huge success. Like you don't even mm -hmm. consider the failure. I'm, I'm really curious on that. Yeah. I really don't consider the failure at all. It doesn't come across my mind because I only consider failures if I just stop trying. Forge could turn into something completely different than what it is today. It might not be an online platform where companies hire freelancers to generate leads on their behalf. It might turn into a, an a event platform, a wedding platform. Like It could just completely change based off mm. of what the end customer, end user wants. But so like, I'm not worried that uh, I'm going to fail I'm just worried that uh, I'm worried that I'm gonna fall victim to the peer pressures in my head to go get a job at a law firm and 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 pursue that career path rather than what I know what I was born to do, which is the entrepreneurial path. Because I'm gonna I'm gonna let other people's opinions control what I do in my life. Wow, that's what that I fear. Yeah. That's, that's really powerful. It, it, it speaks to me a lot, man. Um, you know, I, I, I was definitely on that more traditional path. I worked at a big accounting firm and, uh, you know, I, I definitely felt the pressure from my family and uh, I can, I can really relate to it. And, and even just like the idea of like, you know, going into it and not being afraid to fail. Like, you know, I, I've, I've been putting off making this podcast for so long. Uh, Cause I'm like, Oh, well, you know, 
who's going to listen to it? Is it going to be good? How do I make it? You know, similar to what I just said about, about you starting your business and, and the, the step-by-step process. And I think at this point, uh, you know, thank you so much to really, I, I appreciate your, your guidance and mentorship on this because, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy to be starting right now. And, and really it's like, it's like anything else. You know, I, I run, I run a lot. Like people ask me like, Oh, how do you run this long? It's like, you put one foot in front of the other, uh, yeah. you know, and, 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 mm-hmm. and you're just convinced you're not going to stop. And, yeah. and I, you know, I, I really believe that what you're doing, regardless of, of what the business model ends up being, uh, you will be extremely successful through this experience. I, I really fully believe that though. Uh, really, I, I would really, say the exact same to you. Oh, and I want to say, you, and I want to say that when I came across Gary Vaynerchuk on YouTube, I first thought he was the, the classic salesman Jersey guy. And I didn't like him. <laughs> like, the, like the majority of my friends think, Oh, I, I don't want to be associated with Gary V. But then I started actually listening to his videos and they've changed my life because wow. they are all about not letting other people's opinions run how you operate. It's do, uh, do you do who cares what other people say, who cares what your mom or dad or siblings tell you that if you're stupid or your post didn't make sense and it was a bad picture, who cares? Just keep on creating because once you create, you'll build a community, you'll build a following because you'll turn into someone's own internal narrative because they believe you because you reflect what they really believe. And then it'll lead to you building your own successful business because if you're a mortgage broker, everyone will turn to you to get their mortgage. Not because you're selling them. It's because they trust you. And um, so that's what Gary Vee is teaching me. And I'm, and I'm a, I consider him and him and all these other great people that I find online from Tony Robbins to Lewis house to, to even Kobe Bryant, uh, RIP. He, these people have, I'm getting such, such good mentorship through the internet. I don't have to be uh, shaking hands with a guy for me to be learning, especially as someone who's a full-time law student. You don't need to be in the room, especially with someone who's teaching you things that you don't actually want to learn about. That's, that's amazing. And I I guess it really highlights, uh, you know, especially a time like this with the the coronavirus pandemic right now, it's like you have the ability to access uh, so much information out there and, 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 to your point, get mentorship through through different people's podcasts. And, you know, I'm a big fan of the adage uh, that you are the product of the five people you spend the most time around. And, mm-hmm. and you know, when you really think about why is that, it's because we conform to norms around ourselves, right? Like we're, we're, we're going to bring ourselves to the temperature that, uh, that, that those around us are at. And when you're listening to all these positive messages from, from these great people, um, whether or not you, you know them, uh, but I, I think keeping people in your life, like close, close friends who, who, who espouse uh, positive messages as well and, and, and inspiring messages is important, but keeping those, those around you, it, it, it subconsciously permeates your mindset. Um, so uh, to that, to that extent, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm talking to you right now because yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's good to be around positivity. Um, and, and I guess in, in relation to that, uh, you know, we, we, you were touching on, on some books you've been reading recently, but I think books uh, have, have a, an extremely, extremely crucial and, and important impact uh, on us. And, you know, a lot of times people don't think they remember things that they read, 
But your subconscious mind is extremely powerful. Uh, when you think about a computer, right? It's your, 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 your hard drive versus your RAM, uh, your short term versus your long term memory. And there's a lot of, a lot of things that are, that are stuck in your, in your hard drive that you don't even know about. Um, so to, to that point, I guess, you know, what, what are the books that you recommend the most to people that you think have had the most positive impact and, and have been the most, the really the most impactful on your life and, and on your journey? I think the Iliad and the Odyssey wow. opened open my eyes to the, to storytelling and those times in Greece of how the world used to operate that. And I read those back in the day in high school and then a book, a book I'm reading right now, my night book, I love how my, I sound like I'm a reader. Like I definitely am not the average reader, but right now I'm reading more books than I used to is a book. I think it's called the people pleasing syndrome or stop people pleasing. Mm. And I may, need, I may need that. Yeah. I'm a definite people, <laughs> definite people pleaser. What does that mean? I'm always trying to say yes, yes, yes to everything. And it's a good thing in business to open the door to opportunities, but to things that are more close to home, like your family or your friends, or your fiance or just things that like you're just saying yes to when you know it's not in your best self and your best interest, you got to learn to say no. And it's going to cause drama, but at the end of the day, it's what's best for you. And it's, and that's what I'm, I'm like doing that self work right now. Huh. Like I have a therapy, I have a therapy call in an hour with my therapist. I just got a therapist, a woman in the Upper East Side. I never had a therapist. If you asked me 10 years ago, do you want a therapist? I'd be like, oh, that's weak. I'm masculine. I have, I'm a macho. Wow. I wouldn't need a therapist. But now I have a therapist, a woman who's trained to, to ask me these tough questions for me to have these, all these realiz realizations that I'm sharing with you now. Wow. I, I love that. I, I really, I, I appreciate your, your uh, commitment to self-exploration. It's, uh, mm -hmm. it's something I try to do and I, I really, I really admire it in other people. Um, mm -hmm. That's, that's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. It, it sounds like you are consuming some amazing, amazing uh, ideas right now. And, mm -hmm. and uh, I think, uh, I think you'll start seeing some drastic, drastic results. Uh, yeah. They, they start compound. And like, uh, I'm listening to this guy named Robert Kiyosaki. He wrote the, the, oh, the book, Rich Dad, Dad Poor Dad. Great book. But his YouTube videos are amazing. Makes mm. me realize like why I, I want to own 5,000 rental properties when I retire and, wow. and buy them all using debt and have an incredible team of superstars. And, and he oh, is well, just making uh, Looks like Zoom had just cut us off. Uh, but we're, we're back online here. Uh, I think we were talking Robert Kiyosaki, if I'm not mistaken, right, Benji? Yep. And we don't even have to go back at, back into him, but him, Bigger Pockets, even Grant Cardone, who has the same reputation kind of as like a Gary V, where it's kind of bombastic. But these mm -hmm. people teach you so much about real estate, wealth generation, and I highly recommend it. Okay. I love that. And, and just going back to the, to your, to your real estate pledge of 5,000 units, just remember when you're looking for a mortgage that you do know a mortgage broker. <laughs> the thing is like, I have zero, I have zero. Uh, units. So like the, me, like, I'm all talk. I'm all talk right now. I've done nothing, but I just believe deep down that like it's doable. Why not? Like all, if, why can't you just buy one property and turn and, and just get the ball rolling? Just like your wow. podcast. Once you get one foot, you realize it's not that hard. And I love that. 
I love yeah. that. You know, the- Theodore Herzl said, if you will it, it is no dream. Uh, and and uh, I think 70, 72 years later, almost 72 years later, um, you know, the state of Israel is, is no longer a dream. It was, it was willed to life. So, uh, you know, I think you could, you, could, you could will whatever you want in your life. I, believe, I really believe that. Um, I love to talk about Israel. <laughs> you, you know me. You know me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I guess, you know, before, before we leave, I guess last, last question um, what what's your your piece of advice because you know i think uh sometimes people say to themselves oh i'm not i'm not successful yet i can't give advice um but uh i i think that you know everyone can learn something from everyone else everyone has something to offer another person uh whether or not you believe that it, it, it is the case uh and and you know what what would your advice be to uh to people i think my advice would be what i need the most to hear, which is pursue what you think you're good at. I, I don't think I was born to be a lawyer. I'm in law school and I'm going to be a lawyer, but I just know deep down that's not what fuels my fire and figuring out what actually makes you happy and go and doubling down on that and building a business out of that is the advice I would give, which I'm currently in need of and wow. so because a lot of people do what their father or mother raised them to do and like they just are doing what they were told and and it's a fault of our parents to rather than tell us do whatever you want and and follow your dreams which is what really a parent's job is if you look at all the animals in the kingdom once a, an animal is born it goes off and it lives or dies on its own but we humans nurture our children in other countries besides the United States until they're married. People in Mexico and Spain are living at home until they're 30. People don't know how to, to break mm. the shackles of their families and, like, and uh, sink or swim on their own. And the only way they'll ever figure out how to swim is when they're near drowning. Wow. That's, uh, that's really powerful. Uh, listen, I hope you continue to break the mold as you're doing I have I have no doubt that we will uh, we'll be seeing some some great things, uh, and and you know you 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 my friend are a rising titan, and uh, I really appreciate you being the first guest on the Rising Titan podcast here, and uh, I, I wish you nothing but success and uh, and uh, and all good things, prosperity, health right now especially, and, uh, and, and you know you have a wonderful Thank you, brother. marriage. I am uh, I don't know if I'm a rising titan, but I'm truly humbled and honored to even be in that consideration and and well, let's be in touch my friend i look forward to listening to your future podcasts and uh and likewise, in the future. likewise. Uh, and 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 actually before we go I, I do have to give a shout out uh benji's podcast hacking the hustle i was once a guest on it uh mm-hmm. you know, no big Disclaimer. deal but uh <laughs> but uh it, it's definitely a great podcast to get some some interesting ideas out uh and tease out you know how people are, are hacking the hustle like benji uh so you know, give it, give it a listen and, uh, you know, wish everyone, everyone well at this point, uh, a lot of uncertainty in the world, but yeah, uh, got a faith. We're going to get through it. We'll get Amazing. through it together. Sending awesome, love to everyone. Benji, keep it real. Thanks for the opportunity, Anthony. See ya. Thank you so much, bro. Bye-bye. Bye.